Welcome to the 11th episode of the Middle School AD Podcast. I am your host, Thomas Fredrickson. And today we sit down with Holly Farnese, who's the Executive Director from the Pennsylvania State AD Association. We discuss the importance of middle school athletics, getting involved, national certification, and unified sports. I hope you're able to get better from our discussion today. But before we dive in, here's a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Gipper the preferred sports graphics platform for ADs. Start creating professional-looking sports graphics today by starting a free trial. Middle School AD podcast listeners get 10% off any plan when you use code MSAD10 at Gipper.com. At the Wall of Fame, our mission is to bring your school's legacy to life. We transform school tributes to make it easier than ever to celebrate your whole community, showcasing your school's diverse history, proudest moments, and top role models. We understand that the true value of our Wall of Fame is in your content. Whether you're starting a new tribute or adding to an existing one, we give you all the resources you need to build an interactive experience and take your content to the next level. For more information about the Wall of Fame and a 5% discount, visit vitalsignswalloffame.com backslash Freddie. As an athletic administrator, you understand better than most how much support matters. Support for your coaches, support for your athletes, and support for your department are crucial to providing the best possible experience for every student. Snap Mobile is now your one-stop for all the tools you need to support your department. With our expanded suite of products, you can now raise money, open team stores, schedule and manage your facilities, and communicate with your athletes, parents, and stakeholders with the same level of care you've come to expect from Snap. Visit snapraise.com today to schedule a demo with your local Snap Mobile representative. Hometown Ticketing makes it fast and easy to buy tickets on your school's website or in the new Hometown Fan app. It's simple. Just search for your school, buy your tickets, and they'll be right there in your account, ready to be scanned when you get to your event. Download the Hometown Fan app today. I think it's important when you work with a company and you have a relationship with a company, you want to make sure that the folks that you're dealing with are people who kind of get it. They understand what you're going through. I love things where it's a one-stop shop. And the feedback that we've gotten from our parents this year has been superb. Students, they know that here's where I go to do this and then it's taken care of. It's been able to make things easier for our kids to get to participate. And so the coaches can see that right now leading into that season and they can kind of prepare and kind of get themselves ready. I think the person who is scared of software, they can still navigate it. They're not having to have stacks and stacks of paperwork on their desk, but everything is digital for them and so it makes it really easy. The AD role, it saves me a tremendous amount of time, which times everything. I would just say that to give Final Forms a shot, it's going to save you a lot of time and energy in the end. You'll be extremely happy if you make that choice. This is Game Time. Neptune Game Time creates a high-energy game day atmosphere that your players and fans will love. Every song in our database is 100% lyric safe, which means you can stop screening music for good. Game Time also provides custom messaging to help you promote your upcoming events, concessions, and event-specific announcements. And it gives you the opportunity to sell sponsorships on your station that will generate revenue for your athletic department. Amp up your game day with Game Time. 
Welcome to another episode of the Middle School AD Podcast. Today we are speaking with Holly Fernese, who's the Executive Director of the Pennsylvania State Athletic Directors Association. Holly is a Certified Master Athletic Administrator and has been an AD for 40 years. Holly is the Chair of the NIAAA Accreditation Committee. She also chairs the two Middle School LTC courses, 700 and 701, and is the past NIAAA Board of Directors Secretary. Uh, Holly, thanks for jumping on with us today. Thanks for having me. So kind of read off a little bit of what, you, what you've done, but um, if you want to let us know a little bit more about your journey in uh, the world of athletic administration. Well, it's it's been an interesting journey. That's a good word to use for um, my career. Um, both of my parents were educators. And when I graduated from Bloomsburg University in Pennsylvania, and got my first teaching job, my parents both said, whatever they ask you, say yes. Part of the problem is I haven't learned to say no. Um, but within a week of my, I went to Bloomsburg and studied world language. I'm a Spanish and German teacher. And um, within a week of starting my first job, principal knocked on the door and said, we need a seventh grade field hockey coach. I was like, okay, <laughs> played sixth grade intramurals. I'm sure I can coach. Um, by January, I was uh, the sponsor for the gymnastics team. And after five years, I um, ended up coaching track and field. So that's kind of how the world started for me athletically. Um, and then um, seven years into teaching, my principal came in and said, we need an athletic director and you're applying for the job. I said, okay. And that's kind of how it all started. Um, so for many years, I taught Spanish and German and was the athletic director. Um, and then I became a teacher on special assignment and was the full-time athletic director, activities director at the middle school. Truly believed that I would begin and end my career at the middle school. Um, I've always believed that you want the best athletic administrators, the best coaches, the best officials um, at, at the middle school level, because that's the um, first opportunity that students have for education-based athletics. Um, however, people plan and God says ha. And so the last eight years of my career, I was the athletic director at Upper Darby High School. Spent my whole career in the same school district, was very fortunate very blessed, very supported uh, by the school district, which allowed me to have so much involvement at the state level athletically and at the NIAAA. But like so many things, I didn't plan to be an athletic administrator and NIAAA really did become my university between the classes that I taught at the state level or that I took at the state level and then continuing to be educated at the national level. That's really how I learned to be an athletic administrator. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about professionalism and education-based athletics and leadership training. So that's my story. Yeah, good deal. So we're, we're actually going to dive more into the, the NIAAA and professional development a little later. Um, so it was a good, uh, good tease for that. Um, so, Kind of along the way, like I said, with majority of your um, AD career, if you want to say, at the middle school and then was able to transition to the high school, uh, 
who do you think has kind of been your biggest mentor? And it could be one or two, uh, but kind of who do you think is, has been that mentor for you? The um, very first executive director. I'm only the third executive director in Pennsylvania. Um, our first executive director, Robert Buchanavich, he was um, executive director for 25 years. And I would say that without a doubt, he was the key person that got me involved in the professional organization of Posada, gave me opportunities for leadership, gave me opportunities for educating, mentoring, networking. So that would be number one. Um, and then at the NIAAA level, I could name 15. But if we're going to go with one, it would have to be uh, Dr. John Olson. Dr. John was, along with Jim Watkins and Jim Teff, they were the key three musketeers who, under the direction of Frank Kowalewski, started the leadership training program. But Dr. John really did impress upon me how to be a good educator of educators mm -hmm. and how to make sure that you're prepared, how to make sure that um, you bring your A game. And he just was a wonderful mentor. So Did they would be my two. Yeah. It's, it's always fun to, to hear. And like you said, there's, there's a ton at mm -hmm. the NIAAA that we can name. Um, and, and like Sarah and, and very similar names. Um, that that you would have that i would have that different people would have because they've they've meant a lot to a lot of a lot of people mm -hmm. um within the the ni um, and, and mentors are happening all the time i mean new people that i meet some of the new athletic directors that are maybe coming to the conference for the first or second time some of them have been wonderful mentors as well so it's just a it's a collegial environment where everyone works together to present the best that we can present so that we keep students safe. And that's at the end of the day, our main role. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it, like you said, definitely the, the LTI classes, um, cover basically almost anything that you want to know. Um, mm -hmm. and so in that's, that's good stuff. So before we get, we get more into the, the national organization, um, what do you think is the, the biggest challenge that middle school ADs and athletics are facing today? Well, I think one of the big challenges is finding and retaining coaches who are committed to supporting and educating the middle school student. Um, you know, we could go on and on and on about the philosophy of middle school. But one of the biggest challenges is to find outstanding coaches. I don't know if um, you read the article that Gary Stevens wrote in the latest IA magazine, mm -hmm. but he talked about how you need to find coaches that don't criticize and offer constructive feedback. Um, you want to make sure that they foster a teaching environment that ensures that every participant is physically and emotionally safe. And they need to work closely with parents and the community to help them understand that although we are a committed, competitive society in the United States of America, and we do want competition at the middle school level, 
It's really important that students have the opportunity to explore and experiment and try things that they may have never tried before. So, so number one challenge is to find good middle school coaches. And, and a lot of times I think that what you need to do is find those good middle school teachers and then help them to become good coaches. And the second challenge, I think, is that um, the reality of how important middle school athletics are. Um, it's not a, a submissive world of throw out the ball and have a good time. Mm -hmm. It helps to develop good organizational skills, good dis discipline, good teamwork. And I think that a lot of times right now, the way education is, everything is based on data-driven information. And sometimes the academic administrators, I mean, their world has to be focused on those standards and data and achieving because that's what they're being held accountable for. So it's, it is difficult to have those teachers that are coaches that we can help professionally develop them in the sport world because the academic piece really needs them in the academic professional development. So the, the two biggest challenges are retaining and hiring coaches. And the second is being able to emphasize the value that middle school athletics plays in the future of so many students. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said at the beginning, um, you know, you, you really think, and really the, the middle school is where the, the best need to be. Um, ADs, coaches, w you know, whatever, um, because that is the introduction to interscholastic athletics. Um, and we and and you know, although many times colleagues of mine, when we moved to a middle school versus a junior high, they would always say they were at the high school, and they said that um, you know we're in Oz when we're at the middle school, and those of us at the high school, we live in Kansas. Mm. And um, you know, I know that the reality is that people strive for the highest level. A lot of times, if you are a middle school coach or a middle school athletic director or even a middle school principal, you're, you're striving to become a high school coach. And maybe even you have dreams of being at the collegiate level. Um, however, I still live in Oz and um, root for the middle school. Yeah, I'm the same way. I've been at both. Um, and, you know, I've been at the, the 10th largest uh, school in the state of South Carolina and still love it. Uh, love the middle school, tried to do everything I could to help the middle school when I was at the the high school level and, um, and having, I'm having a blast, you know, yeah. back at the, at the middle school. And it's, but like you said, it's, you know, uh, so sometimes when, when, when you go to a, a state conference and I don't think so much with the NIAAA, but sometimes if it's whether a state conference or a national conference, even on the coaching side, the, the middle school ads or coaches sometimes just kind of get oh you're just middle school you you, mm -hmm. you go over you go over to this room um where you know th those those high school coaches need to be pulling in those middle school ads and coaches just because you know a lot of times that is just a like you said it it it's a teacher or a coach that the principal walked in and said hey you're the guy you're the guy mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it might not be something that they were really striving for, but once they get involved and once they get mentored and things like that, they fall in love with it. Even I was the same way, started at the middle school, got, you know, basically thrown into the NIAAA through Daryl and, yeah. um, and fell in love with it. Um, like I said, and I, I chased the high school thing and, and ha- had a blast there. Um, but I will tell you one thing that the middle school has that the high school doesn't have, and that is a easier schedule. So, <laughs> you know, you, you can yes. still do all the, the, the different things with the state and the national organization, but you could also be, um, home a little more. And so that, that's what, and that's what I'm, I'm really enjoying right now. That is an excellent point. Also, when you have a young family, it helps to allow athletic administrators to sustain in the profession because you're right. They're usually not there past five 30 and you're usually not doing anything on the weekends or over holidays. So that's an excellent, excellent observation as well. And, and I will say that the many years that I spent at the middle school, I will tell anybody that asks that I believe it made me a better athletic administrator for the eight years that I was at the high school, because at the middle school, everything's important. Every level has its value. Every level has equal importance. And when I got to the high school, it was a natural for me to find that freshman athletes and sports were just as important to me as, as the varsity. And I could see maybe if I hadn't had that ingrained background, that it would have been very easy to have delegated freshman and junior varsity sports to my staff mm-hmm. um, and focused on varsity. However, it never occurred to me because to me, every level had its value. So I credit my years at the middle school for, I think, making me a better athletic administrator at the high school. Yeah, I know here at the the state um, and, and in South Carolina, I know other states too, talking with other people from around the nation, um, the the AD associations are starting to try to uh, find a, a, a bigger push for those middle school ADs. And I know the NIAAA is you know, trying to do the same thing as well um, to, to, like you said, let them know that they are valued, they are important. Um, and, you know, like I said, hopefully to, to retain them and, and to get the best of the best there. And, you know, even on the coaching side, I'm, I'm blessed because I could, I would, if I was at the high school, I would hire any of my coaches to, to coach at the high school level um, just because of their, you know, their knowledge, their love for the game. But, it, you know, I, I'm blessed. I've got some some very good coaches that, you know, hopefully the high school doesn't come and steal them. Um, but it's, you know, it, it, it is it is good and refreshing to hear um, sometimes. And, and hopefully the ones that are listening that, you know, you are valued, you are important, and that you still can be heavily involved Um in different organizations, um, which is kind of what we're going, you know, kind of dive into now, but, um, you know, kind of touched on it, but why do you think, um, especially for the, the, the newer ADs or the younger ADs that may be at the, the middle school level, um, why do you think it's, it's important to get involved uh, with their state and national organizations? Well, uh, what I said earlier in our conversation, so many athletic administrators come from so many different directions. Some come from like me, teaching a specific subject, but saying yes, and getting athletics through coaching. 
Um, many people get into athletic administration a lot of times because they want to seek a higher administrative position. And sometimes because of the long hours and the long time, the athletic director slash assistant principal could be the entry level spot. Um, a lot of times you have um, athletic administrators who they have degrees in sport management. Um, so the point I'm getting to is there are so many pathways that bring high school interscholastic athletic administrators to the table. And the NIAAA and the state organizations, they're the one common thread that everyone can learn from and everybody can be part of. And that networking and mentoring system, as well as the professional development, is, is what helps everyone to sustain that level of education-based athletics and professionalism and support. Because a lot of times the athletic administrator is, they're kind of on an island by themselves. You, you have the math department, you have the science department, you have the administrators in the building. But that athletic director, a lot of times, is off in the office by themselves, depending on the size of the school, on their own. And so when you get involved in the national and state organizations, you find people that are in the same boat as you are. Sometimes you feel like you're on that island all by yourself and you realize that oh, I'm doing okay. You know, you get a chance to interact with people all over the country that they still have the same problems that you do. We're all still dealing with transportation issues right now mm -hmm. and official shortages and still battling COVID. Um, and so if, gives you that common what's the word I'm looking confidence a common confidence that you're doing okay and a lot of times when you're in your isolated building you don't have that feedback so yeah and I've heard someone else say um it's probably on some one of the other podcasts but uh say that you know there's another assistant principal there's another math teacher there's another whatever the, in, in the school but like i said most of the time there's one ad um and so there there's not anyone else that you can go to you know walk down the hall and and speak with um and again unless it's you're, you're at a huge school that maybe has a, a full-time assistant ad or, or something like that but most of the time it's just you and you know and yes they're not having to do and deal with the things that that you are right if if, if a math teacher has a problem with you know, some, some type of math situation or planning, they just go next door to the other teacher. Same thing with assistant principal. If they got a question about a situation, they go down the hall to the, another assistant principal, um, where the athletic director, it's, it's, it's not that way. And, yeah. um, so those are, that's the network that you need to form for yourself so that you can make a telephone call or shoot off an email to say, Hey, I got this situation going on. What do you think? And that's why being part of the state and national organizations is important. Yeah. And I, I know I, um, 
probably my first couple of years, I wore Daryl Dance's phone out, you know, <laughs> asking all those questions because again, I didn't know I was, I was new. Yep. Um, but then like I said, now I'm, I'm able to pick up the phone and say, call you in Pennsylvania all the way across the, the nation and, and discuss a topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, you know, do that with multiple people that I've, I've come in contact with, uh, um, through the NIAAA and, and the state organizations. And, um, just this past May was going through some things and called a bunch of, uh, fellow ADs all over the state and kind of asking how, how they would deal with it and, and do things. So that's, um, Definitely, definitely good stuff. Kind of a, along the same route. There's many different um, certifications in, in IAAA, and um, you know, starting with the RIA and going all the way up to the CMAA. And you know, we we even talked about if you complete the cohort, maybe they need to throw you on the end of it or something. You know, because that's another professional development. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it, they do have a certification for middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you you take the same courses as the RA, RAA, and I think you you have to take 504 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you take the two 700 level, level classes, which is solely focused on the middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I know you're the chair of that. So, can you kind of um, explain to the listeners that are listening that if you know maybe they have the RAA, maybe they have the CAA, but maybe the importance of of going after and and, and being able to put that the the middle school um, certification after your name. Well. At the end of the day, the core goal is for athletic administrators to be a CAA. I mean, that is that is the core basis of the leadership training program. Um, the RAA and the registered middle school athletic administrator, those are great steps to help people achieve the goal of CAA or CMAA. And so the importance is that as a registered middle school athletic administrator, you get that foundation of education that is needed to help you to be successful at the middle school level. And although a lot of times there isn't any extrinsic reward for you, you're not going to get paid more or um, you know, what you get is a certificate that you should frame. And if you have an office, put it in your office. If you're in a classroom, hang it up in your classroom. Because as I've said so many times this afternoon, everybody comes from a different pathway. And when people come into your office and see registered middle school athletic administrator, it's like, oh, well, what's that? What does that involve? And you can explain that you now have a body of knowledge that helps you to keep their child safe. So it gives you a higher level of integrity, um, higher level of confidence yourself, working with parents and working with students and even working with your colleagues. Because a lot of times your colleagues may not find the importance. So the value is that it helps you along the path. All of the courses that you take or the registered middle school athletic administrator are courses that you use toward becoming a CAA. And the way now that NIAAA has committed to having the classes either be online classes or webinar classes, you can do it in the comfort of your own home. Mm -hmm. And you can start to get that professionalism, that, that sense of community through your 
online or webinar if you can't get to a national or a state conference. Because a lot of times, especially at the middle school level, they can't get out of school because they're teaching. Um, and so this way you can pursue that education through just the computer. Yeah. And I know we talked in Nashville. I know there's some, there are some States that are trying to compensate, you know, for CAAs and CMAAs. Um, and, and so, I mean, like I said, it, eventually there may be a, a, uh, a little incentive, you know, financially, but, you know, um, I know in South Carolina, we don't you know, currently have that, but just, like I said, just to be able to throw CMAA after my name, I mean, I, when I got that plaque, I mean, that was like, you know, I just, to me, that was like, I just completed my doctorate, you know, yeah. that was, you know, that was, that was big and, you know, very, um, very pleasing and very, and, and, you know, a big, a goal of mine. Um, so that's what it's you definitely- do for yourself. You have to want to do it for yourself. We can educate everyone as much as possible about how important it is. We can disseminate information about the programs and, and what is needed as part of the program. At the end of the day, though, you as the individual person need to, like you said, when you got your CMAA, it was like you finished your doctorate. And and that was for you. And it has to be you, the person that wants to do that. Yeah. And I I even with like you're talking about just the importance of having that certification. I even you know, tell all my coaches to go get the, the their coaching certification. And the easiest one is through the you know NFHS and, mm-hmm. you know, which was the AIC. Now it's kind of changing the level one, two and three. But um, I, you know, I would want all my coaches to at least be AIC. You know, that's, that's the easy one. Um, and so, like you said, that way, when, when someone starts to question your, um, why you, you're coaching this or what's your qualifications or whatever, then you can, I mean, we, I don't think we would ever say it, but you could also throw it. Well, I'm a national certified coach. You know, mm-hmm. I have a, I have a certificate to prove that I've taken the professional development and, and, and things like that. So, um, and I'm sure that you'll agree with me once once we get them once, they never leave. Once we get an athletic administrator or a coach to take that first course or to go to their first state conference or to go to their first national conference, they they drink the Kool-Aid. Especially if they make it through the 500 level courses. If they make it yeah. through that, then then we've got them. Like I said, my, my, first, my first conference, I didn't know about any of the certifications. I was just told, hey, you need to go if you can go. And so my first conference was in Orlando eight years ago. And, and I was just, I just looked at the course list and started just picking courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I said, I was taking 600, 700 low courses, didn't even know what I was doing, but I'm like, Hey, these, these all seem, you know, valuable. I, I think I took prayer repeal. I took 701 just because it had to do with middle school and that's what I was teaching. And, and, um, and so, and then after once you get there, like you said, I got hooked with those courses. And then I'm like, okay, what is all this certification stuff about? Mm-hmm. Um, and then was able to, to, to dive in and, and, you know, just like you said, me personally, if, if they ever come out with another certification, um, I know they've come out with the international one and, and things like that, but if they come out to another level above CMAA, I'm, I'm going to be one of the first in line to, 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 to go after it. So. Yeah. Um, because leaders are, leaders are 
what's the word I'm looking for? Perpetual, that's not the right word, but leaders are always learning. Mm-hmm. And and that's part of of the nature of, of the individual person, the individual people. And the other thing that you mentioned, which is really important, it doesn't matter what order you take the path. Mm-hmm. You, you, you said you didn't really have a plan. You just went down the list and said, oh, wow, this sounds interesting. Oh, I, I like that stress, stress management class or, oh, dealing with challenging personalities. You know, classes just sort of reached out to you. And then once you started to take more and more classes, as you said, you realized there's a plan. <laughs> there's a plan here. And you're right. If you can get through 504, 506, 508, and 510, then you have it made. Yep. Yeah, def- definitely don't try to take one of those first. Take 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 another course first and, and then get hooked. Um, but you know, I'm I'm gonna say it with this with us being kind of live, if you want to call it, but um maybe me and you need to get together and let's 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 create another middle school course and because i know they're they're coming out all the time so let's uh there's always new ones to teach that's right they, there's they, always says, new ones to write and new ones to teach and that's what's so special is that people come up with ideas and and i triple a says go for it yeah, well like I said, let's uh, that, that's been one of my things i've been looking at is, is is seeing how maybe how we can add another one um in in there um but like i said that's that's a great that's a great thought that's i you you put that little seed in my mind and i'm starting to think about what maybe we could add that's already not part of one of the two classes that are already there i mean 504 was there was one legal class Mm -hmm. and now there's four legal classes um um, yeah. well, well there like was fi- originally one class. Yeah, that's like 503. Now there's 55. You know, yeah, 503 came from 501 and 502. Um, so you being know, so those, full, yeah. yeah, taking those two and kind of expanding it. But that's mm-hmm. a that, that that's a conversation that, that, that will we'll happen. That's a, you just planted that little seed, the little antenna went. Nee, 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 nee. That's right. That's right. Hey, my, so uh, good for you. The problem good with these uh, for those listening, you're actually going to be hearing this in the middle of february but uh we are actually on it's december 29th so we're still on uh, christmas break and um that, that's the problem with breaks is my brain don't get shut off so i'm not having to do you know say you know sc- school for say stuff but it, it's when all these other ideas start popping in the head and that's when you're like okay wh- what can we do now um so you know that all of that is is great and i think you know we really had touched on it um the certification side of it a lot uh, in the past couple of episodes, so that's kind of you know what I wanted to touch on here. Um, but at uh, Pennsylvania, either at one of the middle at the middle school you're at, or or kind of what you've done as the executive director, um, what do you what have you done that you're most proud of that you think the the listeners could probably um, take and maybe incorporate into theirs? Mm, that's a great question. That's like asking who my mentor was. Um, the single, the isolated, most single piece that I would say in all my body of career and work, we started um, Unified Athletics. Um, we did Unified uh, Bocce Ball. And without a doubt, to take students and have them work together to see the joy that both 
students that are involved in special education and students that are involved in regular education and watch the great joy that they have working together, participating together. Um, that without a doubt is something that if you have an opportunity to be involved, there are many schools in Pennsylvania and I'm sure around the country who had bigger programs. We did um, unified bocce. Um, I know that there's unified track and field. I believe that there's a, a plethora of unified sports. But if I was going to pick out one single piece that was a aha moment, it would have been incorporating unified athletics into the program because not only did it have a spark for all the students involved, but when we would have an assembly and have a demonstration of the program, the students that were in the bleachers watching mm -hmm. and the way that they embraced the special education students that they maybe had never met before. And all of a sudden, the special education students got to be the star of the show. And th there's, there's nothing that can compare to what that brought to a group of students. Yeah, it's definitely good. And it, it, we've got a pretty good one here in South Carolina. Um, but like I said, it's it's definitely and and it's one of those if you're worried, like you said, how the reception would be with the 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 school and the and the students and all that, don't worry about that because it's gonna be the best reception that you've ever seen. It you it is absolutely the best reception you've ever seen. And um that was that was that will always be special. Good stuff. So Kind of as we wrap up, um, you know, I ask for one. Most of the time, you, you people can't do one. It usually turns into two or three, which is fine. Um, but what do you think is the most um, important personality trait or strength of a middle school AD um, that they need to be successful? Compassion. That's an easy one to give you one. Compassion. You want to dive in a little more about your definition well, of compassion? In in the sense that the middle school child is going through so many changes in their life, socially, emotionally, physically, and intellectually. And they will be the happiest person on Monday and their world falls apart on Tuesday. And to be a successful middle school educator, you need to be able to embrace that compassion. You need to remember what it was like when you were 11, 12, and 13 years old and how your world was a roller coaster. Um, and the fact that students walk in the building first thing in the morning and they, you have no idea what baggage they're carrying in the door with them. And you need to be there to say good morning, to say good luck in the play, or to say how how to do with your homework. Um, but just so they know that there are grown-ups who care about them. So I would say compassion, without a doubt, is the number one quality that a middle school educator needs to have. 
Yeah, and, and like you said, they're going through so much. And you know, the biggest thing that I see is that the students are just hungry for whatever they're doing, whether it be band, course, athletics, art, whatever. And, you know, that this is when they're starting to fall in love with those different things. And if they have an AD or a coach that is, you know, that feeds into who they are, then, I mean, that that means the world to them. Because like I said, they 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 may have just had a, a, a bad situation or a very emotional situation, but they walk into practice or your classroom or whatever, and you're there smiling or asking and dabbing them up or whatever your, your thing is um, can, can make a difference um, because they're still, you know, at, at that age, they're, they're, they're still, um, what's the word? They, 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 they still want to be accepted, I guess, if you want to say, and, and, and seeing it, seeing that that person cares about them other than just what they can do on the court or the field um, go, goes a long way. So again, I, I appreciate um, you jumping on with us. And um, again, this is Holly Fernese uh, from Pennsylvania. And if you want to, uh, you know, for those that are listening, uh, we went through a lot of good stuff. Um, if you kind of want to say your contact information, that way people can get in contact with you and um, the best way to get, get in contact with you. And then we'll uh, make sure we put that out as well. Yeah. Um, so the best way I am, I am of the telephone generation. So I would love for people to give me a call. My phone number is 610-585-7954. 610-585-7954. And my email is my first and last name, Holly Farnese, H-O-L-L-Y-F-A-R-N-E-S-E, at, and then P-S-P-S-A-D-A.org. Good deal. Well, um, I think you're, you're definitely with the certification and, and the middle school stuff. Hopefully your email and phone will be blowing up and, you know, uh, the end of February when, when this comes out. But um, again, for those listening, if, if you want a good lifeline, if you want someone that, that has been there and has done it um, and, you know, hopefully can help you out, uh, Holly, be the one to, to, to contact. And, you know, we're, we're blessed. To, yeah, we're, we're blessed to, um, to get her to come down to and speak with our South Carolina middle school ADs in, in March. So um, like I said, she's, she's always there and always um, available to, to help out. So um, again, Holly, I appreciate it. And um, until, like I said, this, this episode will air in the middle of February. Um, so for, you know, when this episode comes out, hopefully everyone had a good Valentine's and, you know, we're, we're moving into the, the, the craziness of spring sports. So, yeah. We we appreciate you listening and uh we'll see you next time. Thank you. This episode was sponsored by Gipper. Use the code MSAD10 for 10% off any Gipper plan at gipper.com. Bring your school's legacy to life with the Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. Our interactive display highlights your greatest moments and top performers, both past and present, across athletics, academics, and the arts. But it's also so much more. With our one-of-a-kind content program, we help you every step of the way so you can tell more compelling stories that will engage your whole community. 